Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is February 24, and our chapter reading for today is Deuteronomy chapter 8. Well, when we left Moses, he was rehearsing the law in chapter 7. He is continuing to do that, and he picks it up just another beat. Now, an exercise that I want to ask you to do in your time, sometime you'll have to make time to do it because most of us don't have spare time, as we call it. So sometime when you're saying, you know, I'd like to do something in the Bible as far as a study, I would encourage you to go through just the book of Deuteronomy, not all the books because it would be too time consuming. But go through at least the book of Deuteronomy and circle, underline, or highlight, whichever you choose, the word to remember and the word not to forget. The two words, not forget, don't forget, or forget, and then the word remember. The book of Deuteronomy is God's admonition through Moses, don't forget what I told you. Please don't forget what I've said, because when we forget who God is, it is usually because we have forgotten what he said. And when we get into the word of God, we are so much more aware of his presence. Have you noticed that? As you read the Word of God, as you read the Bible, and you form a habit of getting in the Bible, you are much more aware of God's presence throughout the day. It's amazing because God's Word and God's presence in our lives are inexorably linked. We just cannot separate the two because God meets us in the Bible. Now let's look at chapter 8 because it is a wonderful chapter God said through Moses, every command which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord your God swore to your fathers. God, again, is reminding them that he's doing what he's doing in fulfillment of a promise that is made. Used to in America, you would hear the term over and over again, A man is only as good as his word, or a man's word is his bond. But we don't hear that very much anymore because our words don't mean very much. But even in many of the business deals that I've had over the years, especially with those in Israel, there have not been formal contracts signed. It's been with a handshake. If you buy diamonds in Israel and you make a deal in Israel, you do a handshake and you say, really, good luck and blessing in Hebrew. All to say, a man's word is his bond. And where does that come from? That comes right out of the Bible. Because if we do not keep our word and we cannot keep our word, then the reality is then people are not going to trust us. What God says is, I have kept my word. I've got a track record. You can trust me. And so then God said, for 40 years, I have led you in the wilderness. And I've done that for two or three reasons. Number one, to humble you. We are proud at heart, all of us. 
And one of the great arrows of the adversary is pride, is arrogance. Yes, it is anxiety. Yes, it is apathy. Peter talks to us about those three arrows of the adversary, anxiety, apathy, but arrogance is at the top of the list because many people can strut sitting down. The more you have knowledge, this is why in the halls of academia, you will see so much pride because the Bible clearly says and means it. Knowledge puffs up. Because of knowledge, we think we are better than someone else. This is what is happening in the American culture today. The elites are those who think they're more educated and therefore know more than someone else who has a degree or a graduate degree or a terminal degree, a doctorate, and they think they know more than anyone else. I can tell you I have met enough school fools in my lifetime to sink a battleship. And the reality is that we've got to redefine smart. We've got to redefine smart because we have totally brought smartness in relationship and in correspondence to book learning, learning how to do papers, learning how to take tests, learning how to pass exams. That's not the definition of education. And so God says, I have to humble you. That's why I've let you go in the wilderness. I needed to test you to know what was in your heart. You see, God brings tests into our lives, not to bring out the bad in us, but to bring out the good in us. The enemy of our souls, the devil, he tempts us with evil to bring out the bad in us, that old Adamic nature that is in us, that is many times dominating one's life. That's what the devil does. He wants to bring out the bad. God wants to bring out the good. This is what he was doing in the wilderness. He was seeking to bring out the good in the people of God, not the bad. And then verse 6 starts an amazing statement, and I want you to pick up on this and mark these in your Bible. Therefore, he says, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Now remember, they had been in a land that had been desert for 40 years. And he said, I'm bringing a land of brooks, of water, of mountains and springs that flow out into the valleys. Now, if you go with me to Israel someday... I will take you to places in northern Israel where you would think you're in the Smoky Mountains. It is absolutely spectacular. Heavy canopy of trees, a karst, deep karst springs, underground aquifers that pour out beautiful crystal clear water. The water runs swiftly, white water, just like in the Okoye River of Tennessee where they had the Olympics years ago. It is incredible. And all of this is in this beautiful land that God was giving. Many times when people think of Israel, they think of desert. They think of the Negev, which is a big part of Israel. But when you go north and in the mountains of Samaria and then you go on north, you would think you were in Southern California in some of the most beautiful places on earth. There's many places in Southern California that have streams in the desert and they, even though it's a desert, country. They have streams and beautiful rivers and so forth. That's exactly the way it is in Israel, only prettier. So God says, I'm bringing you into a good land. Now listen to this. He says, it is a land of wheat, barley, 
of vines, that is, of grapes, of fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive oil, that's olives, and honey, that's dates. What I just named to you are called in the Bible, in our English Bibles, the seven firstfruits of the land of Israel. Every one of them are fruits that have a special meaning in the Jewish nation and in the Bible. And it's interesting that these come in the order in which they are harvested, barley and wheat, then the grapes, then the figs, then the pomegranates, the olive oil, and the dates. And all of those come in the order that they're given around the year. As you think of these, I want you to underline them or circle them so you'll have these seven first fruits is what it's called. But it's actually, I want to ask you to not call them first fruits because that's not what they are. I mean, wheat and barley, those are not fruits. So it's the sevenfold produce of the land is what it is. They're products. Uh, they're agricultural products, the seven agricultural products that have prominence in the Bible. And if you had many of any of these, then you were considered blessed and wealthy. If someone had many vines, they were very blessed. If they had a barley field or a wheat field, if they had fig trees, if they had pomegranates, beautiful pomegranates, if they had olive groves, and if they had a series of date palms or a grove of date palms, the dates that are mentioned here as honey, they're made into honey. The date trees are the trees that are called Tamar. If you know someone named Tammy or so, that's the shortened form of Tamara or Tamara. Tamar is the word for a date palm. It is that tree that is so blessed of God that it takes in brackish water. It doesn't have to be pure water. That water is a date palm. You can give brackish water to it. It can be saline water. And what happens is as the roots of that date palm of that tamar, that tamara, as that date palm soaks in that water and filters it up to the fruit, it can be salty and it takes that saline solution and turns it into the sweetest of all the natural fruits. And it is that kind of fruit that when you take date honey that's made from it or you eat those dates, they are very, very sweet, very sweet. And they dry those and they are very sweet. Sometimes they have the pit in them. Sometimes they don't. They'll take them out. But when you eat those, it doesn't give you a sugar rush or uh, use as much insulin. And so therefore, it was a tremendous sweetener and it was an incredible energy booster. Many times I've had date honey of a morning just to give me natural energy because it doesn't give you a rush and then crash you. It just gives you that energy that you need because it's the good kind of natural sugar that goes into your body. And so God said, I'm sending you into a place that you are going to harvest what you didn't sow. I'm going to send you into wheat fields and barley fields that you're going to get that you didn't plant. You didn't do anything but harvest. God is so good to Israel and he's good to us. And we need to continually be looking for ways to thank God. And when tests and trials come into our lives, please understand that God is wanting to bring out good in us, not bad. He wants us to learn to be humble and to praise him and to walk with him and to thank him even in the midst 
of many times the great trials of life. All of us are either going into a trial, we're in a trial, or we're just coming out of a trial, about to go into another trial. Life is filled with sorrow. This life is filled with pain. But there is coming a day when no sorrow will reign in our lives and we will be forever at peace with the Lord Jesus. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.